You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. No Maddie Rose. He'll be back tomorrow, we think. Patrick Dumas co-hosting today. Maddie Rose stuck on Vancouver Island. Um... If you missed uh, our general knowledge quiz between Alex and GVP, check out the podcast <laughs> because Alex and GVP are getting texts from people they know. Yeah. And they're bitterly, uh, well, I don't know, not bitter, not maybe bitterly, just disappointed. I bet Lou would both be disappointed. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough pill to swallow for mm-hmm. both of them, but somehow mm-hmm. GVP pulled out the victory. Eked out a win, yes, sir. Yeah, getting uh, 33% of the questions correct. Uh, Buck Martinez, um, voice of the Blue Jays at the bottom of the hour. But right now, color analyst for the Calgary Flames for Sportsnet 960. He's at the airport right now. We say good morning to Peter Labardius. Lou, how are you? I am uh, fantastic. Could not be better. George, did you ever have hopes or dreams? Mm -hmm. Because you come up with so many great questions and contests. Yeah. Did you ever want to host a game show? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, we had to do a sitcom in, in uh, second year television was our big okay. thing. And my idea for a game show was name that smell. So, so contestants, <laughs> so contestants would have all these mystery smells in front of them. And then you'd have to name that smell. And it'd be like, oh, that skunk is right. And that was the game show host for that sitcom that we did. Would you get, uh, you're not old enough to remember definition, are you? Definition. I do remember bumper stumpers. Yeah, okay. And well, what about jackpot no when I was really young, Lou? Jackpot? No, and, I don't remember oh, jackpot. But the show jackpot would be like, for $26, here's my riddle. It was such a Canadian game show where the dollar amounts were so minuscule, it was it was embarrassing watching it. Well, definition, you used to get uh, a quality all point pen set. <laughs> yes. Um, do you want to hear just a couple of the samples that our guys got wrong? Because we had you on last oh, week when they didn't please. get the they didn't get the the Beatles question right. Yeah, no, I was listening actually when uh, you went through that progression. Um, in 2005, Lou Hurricane Katrina devastated which U.S. city? Oh, you don't know that? Did we lose them? New Orleans? Yes. Yes. Good job. I got worried there for a second. It's, it's, it's early, and my mind is really not on current events. Uh, well, that really wasn't that current. It was um, pretty much 18 years ago. But uh, well, I'll ask you one more, Lou. You know what I'm saying. I do. I absolutely was, know what you're saying. Uh, I'll even get this one to you. I, know, I, I don't think you're – are you a big music guy? I don't really hear you talk about music too much. No, I am not a huge music person. But I think you'll get this one. Um, the smash hit, Everything I Do, I Do For You, from 1990 Woods' Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, uh, that was on the soundtrack, was sung by which Canadian singer? The song spent 16 weeks at number one. No, no chance. Wow, Brian Adams. You didn't know that one? Wow, okay. I probably did, but yeah. again, George. You probably danced that, to it to at a wedding in the early 90s and just forgot about it. Listen, I had... Too many weddings and too many divorces. <laughs> okay. 
Um, we asked the listeners how frustrating is it to watch the Flames uh, this season because you see what they did Friday night, and then you see what they did last night, and then you have to think to yourself, how is this the same team? Oof. No, you know what? It's In a sense, if you think about it this way, the weekend in some regard is a microcosm of the whole season. Oh, absolutely. So it's been incredibly up and down. It has not gone well against teams who are not in the playoffs. It hasn't gone particularly well in terms of stinkers at times in their home rank. For the most part, George, they've been pretty good on the road. Mm -hmm. And, you know, last night they were a real good team. Start to finish, moved pucks, made plays, scored some goals, great goaltending, excellent on special teams. And the most helpful part, and the others mattered, was your best people all contributed. And, you know, that's been a bit of a theme, needless to say. I don't have to tell anybody who watches or listens to what this team does. But, you know, Friday they came out and they laid an egg. They were not physically invested. They were not necessarily emotionally invested. And it's been an unbelievably turbulent, emotional, trying to tie it all together type season for this group. So... I, I completely understand the frustration because up until about two weeks ago, I found myself very frustrated. And then I said, you know what? Don't. Mm. Don't. It's not your job to be frustrated. It's your job, to, which I try to do relatively well every day, is try to make sense of it all. But the frustration for me at times comes in trying to explain the frustration mm. and it hasn't been that easy to do. Um, Lou, I don't know if this is uh, a, a classic case of confirmation bias, but to me, when this, when this team's penalty kill is super aggressive and creative and creates chances, I feel like it energizes the entire team. And I know that sounds a little bit of a little counterintuitive because usually the power play, that's the job of the power play. But to me, if the penalty kills working really well in creating chances, I just feel it reverberates through the entire team. Well, I think, you know, on both sides of special teams, sometimes even when the power play is good but doesn't score you know both sides George for me create a lot of momentum and you know I don't disagree in fact um, over the years I've asked different coaches in particular about if you had a choice between would you rather have a better penalty kill or a better power play and the majority not all I mean they first start with uh, we'd really like both but I I think the penalty kill is more important. Hmm. I, I really do, you know, um, but having it be consistent. So interesting. You bring that up this morning because in many ways, and I know you were not here last season, but the flames and their penalty kill have not really replaced Eric Branson. He was a massive part of an excellent penalty kill with Chris Tanev is your, number one pairing that would go out almost every single one. 
And it's about being smart. It's about being connected. It's about great reads. It's about stick and body position. And and you're right. You know, that's that is a calling card that you want to have in your pocket. And it's this year, it's gone through stretches where it's been great. And then there's been, you know, three, four, five game segments where they were giving up at least one a game. And when you are in a tight situation, which what's this team played? 77 one goal games? Um, not quite, but it feels like it's it. the highest in the league. You know, how important does the penalty kill become? Lou, uh, the Flames record when Jonathan Huberto gets at least two points is 9-0-1 now after the goal and assist he had yesterday. Obviously, he had the comments of uh, on Saturday being played back on his left side. What do you make of the whole left side, right side? I know Daryl had the comments yesterday while well, he scored on his right side yesterday, but what did you make of uh, Huberto getting back uh, on, his, uh, on his left wing? Well, I think when you've had the kind of season that Jonathan has had, and I don't think it's been very much fun, and I think it's been a massive adjustment, and I still think in many ways he's still probably not over the most traumatic situation in his career. He mm-hmm. got fired by Florida. Yep. You can you can say it any other way. And he loved it there. It's all he knew. You know, you're building a life there. It's a pretty lovely place to hang out. Um, and he came off his best season and got fired. That's that's really difficult. Mm-hmm. And then you come to a Canadian market with high expectations. Gents, I, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but I, I may have been fired once. And as much as you tell yourself you're okay... And as much as you tell yourself that you're not going to lose confidence and belief, you do. Mm-hmm. And I know in my case, personally, you know, and, and I still have great thanks and admiration to Brent Sutter and the people in Red Deer because I had about three different jobs in 2011, 2012, after I got fired in the summer of 2011. And I worked hard for everyone but I wasn't ready to be at my best, not even close. And I don't think he's ready to be at his best either. Peter Labardi is Flames color analyst for Sports at 960, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. What do you think flipped for Jacob Markstrom lately? Jacob Markstrom is as good a competitor, invested in winning, as hard a worker as you will find. And George, even in the toughest of times, I always feel like those people are going to get back to a high level because they're just going to keep pushing and fighting and battling until they do. Jacob Markstrom and highly driven people are always more often than not their harshest critic. And been a difficult time you know he just you know with his partner had a child and I'm sure that that you know was weighing a little bit on him throughout the course of the season um I think it does for anybody who goes through that 
And not unlike Jonathan Huberto, there would have been times this season where I'm sure he's been in his own mind and in his own head. Like, how do I go from here to here? And the work is good, but he challenged himself. And when March came along, you know, he had a couple of good outings. The Boston game where he came in and relief really started it. And he has taken it. And he has been their best player this month. I don't think there's any argument about it. And and I knew it was going to come. I didn't know exactly when. And I couldn't be happier for him. Because I think we all remember Roberto Luongo wearing the C in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. I think Jacob Markstrom, not that he would or will be given the opportunity, but I think he's as good a leader in that room as there is. Lou, we talked about this earlier, and I know he's been part of the best line on the team for the last three, four months, but Andrew Mangiapane doesn't have a goal in 10 games, uh, doesn't have a point in 10 games. Like, how surprising is that? Um, are we not talking enough about that? And is that why this team is so hard up to score goals when he's a guy that scored 35 goals last season and he only has 13 with 15 to go? True, but the one caveat, George, I would add, and I know you guys both know what I mean by this, just because you scored 35 goals in the league doesn't mean you're a 35-goal scorer. Mm. And Andrew's work is still very good and has been on the line with Coleman and Backlund. And Backlund might be having his best season ever. Um, You know, not unlike everybody else we've talked about this morning. It's been frustrating. And you put a lot of extra pressure on yourself. And um, it has not gone his way either. But, you know, you sign a new contract. Your salary goes up. You put extra pressure on yourself. And, you know, even last year, if you go back, George, and look at his numbers... Andrew was, you know, pretty streaky even last year. He had two months where I believe off the top of my head, he might have scored 20 of those 35 goals in two months. Well, So, you know, that line. The other part, George, is the line that he is on, as you know, for, for the majority of the last couple months in particular, they've been your most reliable checking group. They've generated the most opportunities. They've been the most dangerous line. You know, has it gone in? No. But, you know, even a night like last night where, yes, Michael had points, but the Stutzla line is a really good line. And that group's first job last night was to make sure they were even or better against that group. And they did a marvelous job. Marvelous. So... You know, your role, what you're asked to do, really, really matters. And, you know, it's it's funny how this year has worked out. But last season was a year where I think 14 or 15 guys on the team had career seasons. Hmm. They call them career generally because they happen once. And then I find in terms of assessing it, most of the time with guys who have any length of career, they usually get back to the average because that's generally who and what they are. Uh, Lou, I know you got to catch a flight. 
Uh, do you have a couple minutes to give us a couple life lessons or no? Oh yeah, I've got a couple. Okay, of minutes. all right. I can't, okay, even, we, I can't even believe you haven't tortured me yet. No, we're we're not tortured. We we love we love your wisdom. Uh, we love when you jump on, and we love the fact that we got a bed for this too. He's a resident flames expert. But right now, it's time for life lessons with Lou on the Big Show. So snazzy. Uh, my, my my one and only life lesson would apply to even what I'm doing today. Okay. So. I am flying to Phoenix. I am going to watch two games of the World Baseball Classic, at least part of the first one. Then I am going to make my way back to Tempe to watch about five innings of spring training between Seattle and the Los Angeles Angels. Nice. Before I head back to Chase Field to watch Canada probably take it right in the teeth (laughs) at the hands of the United States. Right. But... In life, we have all kinds of different priorities, and we get caught up in work, and we get caught up in a lot of different things. But what I have always thought about and have lived my life accordingly, and it's why I have no money, um, is to me, life is about the experiences in many ways that give you joy. And I think we should all be reminded as we get older be around people and put yourself in situations that give you joy because they keep us all going. That's very, that's, that's excellent advice, Lou. Um, enjoy the games. Um, hopefully you're not going to watch like a five hour baseball game like Canada and great Britain was uh, yesterday. Well, I it, watched it yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and it felt like those were default jerseys that Great Britain was wearing. Like, no in, like no creativity well, their whatsoever. Defense was default, and so yeah. was their pitching. <laughs> That's true. Uh, maybe because the U.S. lost to Mexico, maybe, they're, maybe Canada can maybe. pull off the upset here. No, no, because Mexico oh, all right. beat Canada. Come on, George. All right. Like, yeah. like you got to admit, like, the odds are probably yeah. now even more in favor. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, that's why they play the games. You know why I'm going? Hmm. I one. know in my heart and especially in my head what's going to happen. It'll be a pretty special night if for some reason something special happens. Yeah. There you go. That's all that matters. There you go. Okay, that's- guys. Thanks. Thanks, as always. Have a great day, a great week, and uh, keep up the great work. And for you young guys in the corner and behind whatever you guys do over there. Yep. You know, don't don't be afraid. That's read. all I got to say. And stay young. Yeah, and read. Um, Lou, great stuff. Oh uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for this. Safe flight. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a great day. There's Peter Labardius, Flames Color Radio Analyst for Sports at 960 The Fan on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar using the same secret recipe since 1975. Done in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403 248 44. Um, yeah, the, the Jonathan Huberto thing is just exhausting for everybody involved. Oh, yeah. Like, and it just doesn't help that your agent is just stirring the pot. And he's a guy that I get it. You love your clients. Mm-hmm. They, they make you a ton of money. I get all of that. But some of it's also a little petty. Yeah. When it's all said and done, it's not like it's not like he's playing out of his mind and the coach is limiting his minutes. He just hasn't been that guy. And he's frustrating too oh, yeah. because. 
you see some of those incredible small plays and passes that Jonathan Huberto is able to make, mm-hmm. and you're like, where has this guy been the entire season? Last yeah. night's game, another prime example. Mm-hmm. Where has this guy been the entire season? Because you're getting a guy who had over 100 assists last year in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just just again, finding that the, the 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 consistency in his game. And I I, I like Lou putting it like, he was essentially fired. He was a guy that, we, yeah. we just, the guy, get out of here. And, and leave it to Lou to, to put it in that, that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, he's right. They didn't want you anymore. Like it's, I think this is, this was a one lesson this year with this flames team. I think we're all going to get a good dose of once we do the autopsy on this group and everything is, you know, there's a lot of life that goes into these guys. There's, it's not just hockey for them. You know, we, we see what's going on with Oliver Shillington and we don't know what's going on there still. And, and just with Jacob Markstrom and we can assume, Oh, well, his, his partner's going, having a baby and whatnot. We don't know. I think there's a lot, lot going on, and I think we'll find out in the end. But you see it, and I think the frustrating is, like, we don't care. We don't care about that. That's the point. We just want to see you play hockey, right? But it's a group that's. I think it's a one year down thing. It just feels like it, and they could be right back up. But again, this is a, a thing that with the Flames organization, it's an up down, up down, up down, up down, up down. It's been like that for decades here. Mm. So it's just it, it is frustrating, and you hope you see Jonathan Huberto once he's got another like another year here under his belt here in Calgary. You can start to see him get back to what he was, you know, just loving hockey. And you can see it in that game last night, the ability of this guy, what he can do when he puts it all together. Yeah, again, I, I'm not I'm not ready to write off the season. Yeah, uh, it looks like a steep hill to climb. Mm-hmm. Obviously, 15 games left, probably got to win a minimum 11. Is this team is this team capable of doing that? Yes. Is there any indications that they can go on such an incredible heater? Probably not, because they mm-hmm. haven't strung together a long winning streak yet this season. Three wins, December. But the way Jacob Marstrom is playing right now, yeah, maybe. And like he's probably getting. They got one back to back. He's probably getting all the games. Honestly, it's not a tough back to back. It's an it's an Anaheim, L.A. Yeah, it's the thing. It's not a, a stupid back to back. Like. Honestly, he's playing right now. There's nothing in his game. You take him out. I mean, over these next, play him 15 mm-hmm. straight. It's it's what it's going to have to be. He's your best player currently. He absolutely has been uh, their best player. Well, I don't know if he's currently your best player. Michael Backlund maybe can be in that in the last as two, well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. Backlund over, has put yeah. it on over a longer stretch. Absolutely. But just in the in the meaningfulness of this thing right now, and you're yeah. seeing where the wins are coming from, they're on the back of 25. Well, last night was a window of what this team can look like. Yeah, when, Markstrom, it's, yep. when it's firing. Yep. Markstrom was great. Kadri was good and played with an edge. Yep. And Huberto was distributing the puck and scoring goals and, and looking like Jonathan Huberto. And you kind of saw that a week ago against Dallas. I know they got Dallas, they let Dallas back into the game, but that was a game where they got up to a nice lead. They were scoring yep. goals, and they got the clutch moment. So it, it, it is there. And it sucks that it's waited till March 13th yep. for it all to come Listen, out. Listen, I, I know there's <laughs> a lot of cynicism when it comes to this team, and, yep. and maybe there should be, but mm-hmm. because of what fans have you know, lived and die, live and die by this team mm-hmm. uh, game in, game out, but when you see performances last like last night and you see performances like they did against the Bruins, that's why, to me, this team is so damn frustrating because you see how good this team potentially can be. Mm-hmm. Um, still taking your text messages. I think we'll do that after Buck Martinez. we got a few in the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Flames frustrate me like blank frustrates me. The Flames frustrate me like blank frustrates me. 960, 960, name and location. But straight ahead... Um, a man that really needs no introduction. Buck Martinez covers the Blue Jays for Sportsnet. He'll join us straight ahead. 
get his take on the pitch clock. Uh, Buck's an old school guy. I want to get his thoughts on the pitch clock and uh, what he's seen so far in the Blue Jays in spring training. We'll do that next. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Patrick Dumas in Sportsnet 960, the fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. We'll wrap up the show with some texts. The Flames frustrate me like blank frustrates me. The Flames frustrate me like blank frustrates me. Uh, joining us on the line now, though, um, Buck Martinez, uh, Blue Jays television play-by-play announcer, analyst, everything for Sportsnet. Buck joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Buck, good morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing today? We're great. Uh, you're doing a great job of calling the World Baseball Classic. Were you missing the pitch clock during that Canada-Great Britain game yesterday? <laughs> no, I wish we were, but it didn't have anything to do with that game. But, yeah, it was uh, something else. You know, just a long game, and uh, it was called after the seventh. And, uh, you know, it still went three hours and 38 minutes, but it was okay. You know, it was interesting because uh, Team Canada bounced back after getting punched in the mouth during the first inning. Um, wanted to ask you this before we dive into everything else. Uh, the most amazing story in the World Baseball Classic for me is this. That pitcher from the Czech Republic, who was like a plumber or an electrician, I think he was an electrician, he struck out Shohei Otani. I think I would put that on my tombstone, Buck. No, I think he probably will. I mean, you know, what, a, what a story to tell his grandkids, you know. And uh, it'll be uh, something he can uh, grab onto forever. He'll be a national hero when he gets back to the Czech Republic. There's no question about that. Um, what are the chances that Canada can make this interesting against the U.S. tonight? I think they're 50-50. I, I just think that, uh, you know, this is the nature of this uh, this tournament, just as you mentioned. And, you know, Australia has advanced. Uh, there's so many things that have gone on in this tournament. It's unbelievable. Um, you know, the Aussies beat Czech Republic, and uh, they have advanced to the second round. So anything's possible in this tournament. I mean, who would have thought Cal Quanto gets bounced out of the game uh, in the first inning? We retired just two batters. I mean, I think Ernie Witt was – counting on Cal to pitch him four, maybe five innings, be very efficient against a, a much uh, lesser talented Great Britain team, but that didn't happen. Uh, Buck, talk about uh, the, the guys that, you know, maybe didn't have the best uh, major league careers that are finding their way back. I should say John Axford was a great major leaguer, but like guys like Adam Lowe and Philip Beaumont, John Axford, guys that are, you know, maybe not in the game so much anymore, but are finding their way with uh, playing well with Team Canada. You know what, and I think even what Jacob Robson did yesterday, mm-hmm. getting in the ninth spot in that lineup, he was on base five times. This is a wonderful tournament for exactly what you said. I spoke to Freddie Freeman about that, and uh, in the workout day when they were over at uh, uh, Salt River Fields uh, practicing, he had a lot of the younger guys come up to him mm-hmm. and, and say, you know, how do you handle this, and how do you handle the emotions? And he said, hey, just embrace the emotions. It's a big deal. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be nervous until I get that first at bat under my belt. And uh, if you're nervous, just just live with it. But then try to focus and uh, get back into the game. But don't try to be somebody that you're not. And I think that was the greatest message he could have delivered. Uh, Buck, do you like the timing of this tournament? Because I feel like uh, maybe if it's moved to a different part of the year, we'd get even bigger stars playing from all across Major League Baseball. Or do you kind of like where it is? 
I, I think it's the only time you could play him. Um, you know, because baseball is a 162-game schedule. Uh, you can't treat it like hockey and take a break in the middle of the season to play the Olympics or play the WBC. Uh, you know, we've talked about this since the inception way back prior to 2006. When is the best time to play it? There is no ideal time to play it because of the demands of a regular season. So I think this is the best time to play it. And what they have done is they've condensed it. As you know, we're doing two games a day here in Phoenix, and uh, it's just a busy schedule. And I think the reason they've done that is because they don't want the players to be away from their natural teams over an extended period of time. So, yeah, it, it would be nice if you could play in the middle of the summer when everybody's up and running, but that's never going to happen. Um, Buck, if you were behind the plate and your job was to call the game against that Dominican lineup, uh, what would your plan be? Uh, pitch very, very carefully. It's <laughs> <laughs> a terrific lineup, and I, I think the biggest thing is that you know, it just shows you that uh, anybody can beat anybody on a given day. You know, Venezuela beat them, and Venezuela's off to a great start in their pool. And it, it just uh, it, it shows you that any day, you know, if Canada were to play this team USA uh, ten games, they'd probably win nine of them. But tonight might be that time when they everything comes together and, and they can beat him. Uh, you know, Owen Casey is an interesting guy. He had a good game. He hit a home run and, and drove in three yesterday. Uh, he's down in the lineup. He's sitting in the eighth spot. Uh, I just think that, uh, you know, Edward Julian, the second baseman, is a rising star in the Twins organization. And with Freeman and O'Neill in the uh, top of the order, I think all these kids are getting energized because he says, you know what, we've got our – Alpha dogs. We've got two of them, in fact. And I think, uh, you know, anything can happen with this team. And, and now when you think about it, the youngster that's going to pitch uh, uh, against Team USA, Mitch Brown, he's 19 years old. And uh, he's from Newmarket, and he's pitched in A-ball. And he had a great interview the other day when he said, hey, I'm just going to try to do what I do the best I can. And I can't worry about trying to get Mookie Betts or Mike Trout out. I just got to think that this is the same type of hitter I faced in A-ball. Buck, what have you made of the uh, the atmospheres? I know you're down in Phoenix, and uh, yeah, the the Mexico U.S. game was rowdy yesterday with the guys behind the home plate uh, being their own umpires. Obviously, out in uh, Miami, the Dominican crowd and the Venezuelan crowd's been great, and obviously Japan uh, that was electric when uh, Shohei hit that home run. What have you made of the atmosphere? Because this is something different. You don't get this uh, in a major league baseball park. It's quiet. It's baseball. You sit back and lounge. This is this is a very electric atmosphere. It's like a soccer crowd. Exactly. Last night after the game, uh, we went, walked back to our hotel, and literally for the seven or eight blocks, it was wall-to-wall people celebrating the uh, victory for Mexico, and, and it was amazing. They were chanting Joey Manessa's yep. name. They were chanting <laughs> all these great teams. They were singing songs, and it was truly like a soccer atmosphere. You know, I've never been to a soccer match in, in Mexico, but I would imagine it was a very similar atmosphere. We saw a couple of... Uh, impromptu bands one guy had a tuba playing it down the street and it was just an electric atmosphere uh, buck martinez uh covers the blue jays for sportsnet joining us here on the big show russick and rose sports at 960 the fan on the atlas pizza and sports bar guest hotline for Shohei otani to hit that home run at home and then that ele- that tokyo dome just to erupt buck i know this sounds maybe uh, a little strange I don't think we appreciate what that guy is doing enough. I kind of equate it to this. It's like Connor McDavid winning the scoring title and then playing in net once every four games and then being the best goaltender in the NHL. That's what this guy is doing, and I don't think he's 
I don't think we talk enough about what he's actually accomplishing because it's actually mind blowing. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, to to perform on that level and, and come through with what he has done, uh, it's pretty special. And uh, he's he's a remarkable player. And you know what? He's actually getting stronger as he's gotten older. And um, you know, it's kind of scary what he might do. We are always in the industry talking about these wonderful contracts the players are getting. I mean, he he's got to be the the first $500 million player in baseball, and he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. But but you're right. And, you know, when he first came here, uh, he was uh, a typical uh, Japanese player, very quiet, didn't get too excited. Now he's doing fist pumps and uh, everything else. He's got handshakes, and uh, he's been Americanized, that's for sure. But uh, <laughs> a wonderful player and a wonderful young man. He's a, he's a great guy. He enjoys what he is. He understands who he is and what he means to the game of baseball. Yeah, he's uh, he's absolutely a wonder. I wanted to ask you about uh, what we've seen so far from the Blue Jays in camp, but I think maybe the number one story is Yusei Kikuchi, how he's kind of, kind of found it here in spring training. Uh, how much stock do you put into spring training performances, Buck? Well, you know what? I don't, I don't really look at the numbers. Uh, what I look at is the mechanics, and you look at what uh, Yusei has done. He's uh, He's changed his entire uh, delivery. He's uh, really cleaned things up, and, and I think that that's the biggest thing. He's thrown a lot of strikes. He's uh, in the strike zone with all his pitches, and I think that's the most impressive thing. I think that's going to carry on right into the season, so I think Gucci has been a nice story, and hopefully he can keep it up. I mean, he's a big part of what the Blue Jays need to do, and it'd be great if he could bounce back uh, aside from the pitching staff, uh, would George Springer be at the top of your list as the most important Blue Jay player heading into 2023? Oh, he's one of many, but I, you know, Mo and uh, and yeah. Patty and the pitching staff, Manoa and uh, Bassett. I think there's several guys that they have to have in the lineup every day. But certainly, we know what George is capable of doing when he's healthy, and he, he looks healthy. You know, he had to. Surgery to take the bone chips out mm-hmm. of his elbow last year, and he had that scary collision in the postseason. But but I think George is in a spot now where he feels good about his team. I think uh, Dalton Marshall helps his team a lot. He's another real professional player that gives you a great attitude every day. Kevin Kiermaier does the same. But I don't think there's one guy. I mean, obviously, if you were to lose Vladdy for the long haul, I think that'd be the biggest blow to the team. Yeah. But now with Kiermaier and Varsho in the outfield, you know, you've got some coverage out there. Basically, you have three center fielders playing in the outfield for the Blue Jays on defense. Buck, is this team better on paper now than it was in that series loss to the Mariners? Yes, no question about it. With the addition of Eric Swanson in the bullpen, Chris Bassett in the rotation, uh, the extra year for Manoa, uh, Kevin Gosman getting uh, acclimated to his new team, and, and Varsho improving the defense. Plus, the left-handed bats. I think that's a big deal. You got Brandon Belt, who's a, a, a World Series champion. He comes in, and he's starting to get his at-bats in spring training. So I, I just think that, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that have made this team better. And I think another thing that really is important is the fact that they understand now there's a lot more than just going to the playoffs. You've got to win a game, you've got to win a series, and you've got to go deep into the playoffs now. It's time for this team to become a legitimate World Series contender. Is, is Nate Pearson maybe the biggest wild card to you heading out of camp? Um, he could really be a big-time player if, if 
if he could step up and and finally deliver on the uh, expectations, I think that would be a big asset for this team. You know, Nate has pitched three times. He's still battling his control a little bit. He's given up three runs on six hits, and, and I think that's a concern. He's still walking a few too many guys. So, you know, yeah, he, he could certainly be a big part of what this team wants to do, but he's got to be more consistent before they can really count on him. Uh, Buck, when did it flip in Major League Baseball where somebody like Tiedemann, who's like 19, 20 years old, can come in there and strike out some professional Major League hitters in spring training? It used to be, you know, 23, 24, 25. That's when you make your Major League debut. How how different is baseball now from maybe when you played where these teenagers and guys in their early 20s are making immediate impacts? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is the exposure they get as kids, you know, uh, especially like Team Canada with so many players playing on the national team at a very young age, 15, 16, 17. They're playing in world tournaments. Plus the fact that these players see every major leaguer every day on social media, on TV, on highlights. When I got to the major leagues, I, I had no idea who the players were because you never saw them. So I even had to get to know my teammates. These guys come up thinking that, yeah, this is normal. I'm supposed to be here. And there's no wow factor for the youngsters, whether it's a pitcher or a hitter. They come up expecting to uh, perform like they have throughout their career before they get to the big leagues. And you know what? We see a lot of this. And I think we might see this with this young pitcher tonight that's going to pitch for Canada. I'm anxious to see him, uh, Mitch Bratt. He's uh, from Newmarket. And He's a kid that Ernie Witt has a lot of confidence in, and, and he has a lot of confidence in himself as well. So it's going to be interesting. But there's not the wow factor that uh, we used to experience when we came and faced big leaguers for the mm-hmm. first time. Um, Buck, with, with the new dimensions and the outfield changing at Rogers Center, it's already a hitter-friendly park to begin with. Are you expecting more offense at the Rogers Center this year? I am. I, I think, um, you know, the, the ball club is saying it's going to be neutral because they've changed the height of some of the fences. But high fly balls don't care how high your fence is. It's going to go <laughs> over the fence. And it's a lot like Yankee Stadium, the way they have shortened the wall in right field. And it's, it's just, a, you know, it's basically a chip shot into the seats at Yankee Stadium. And, you know, we're not going to know until we see a, a month's worth of games there, and especially when it warms up and you open up that roof just how it's going to affect the team. But, you know, this team doesn't have the same type of offense they've had the last several years, and they've put more emphasis on pitching and defense. So it's going to be curious to see how that new configuration at Rogers Center is going to affect the baseball. Yeah, it it is going to be exciting for sure. Uh, Canada, U.S. tonight. uh, Buck will have the call. Uh, Buck Martinez uh, from Sportsnet. Buck, always a pleasure. Thanks for this. Let's do it again soon. All right, fellas. Great to be with you, and that should be a good game tonight with yeah. Canada going up against Team USA. Let's just hope it's not five hours, Buck, for your sake. Hey, you know what? As long as it's a good game, I really don't care. Okay. All right. I love it. Uh, thanks for this, Buck. There he goes. Uh, Buck Martinez. You, you always terrific stuff um, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dining at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. There you go. Yeah, man. Lou, great. Buck, all getting ready for Canada, U.S. tonight. Not much going on. No. No, it's a, it's a light night in the NHL. Very light. 
Uh, you can maybe watch some Canada U.S. Maybe upset Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, and the boys. Harness the 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 '06. You know they upset the U.S. Buck Martinez was the manager of the U.S. Yes. back in '06 for the U.S. But uh, and Canada beat the uh, Americans eight six. But uh, same stadium as well. So maybe uh, maybe some 20, almost twenty positive years vibes. on positive vibes. And, I, and this Can- Canadian team compared to the 2006 group, they've got the most. Top 100 MLB prospects out of any nation at this really? tournament. Really? Yeah. That's just how great baseball is growing in the sport. Like, and it's not only like baseball in this country, it's, it's other, it's everything other than hockey. We were, it's like, great. Look at tennis. <laughs> yeah. Look at golf. golf. <laughs> yeah. Like major champions on the men's and women's side in golf and Soccer, tennis. Soccer, man. Well, not it's... on the men's side, but yeah. Maybe one day, maybe Felix can break through. And be the first one. Yeah. I would imagine he could win a major in the next five hey, years. Hey, Milos got to a Wimbledon final, so yeah. hell, we can. And he beat Roger Federer yeah. at Wimbledon in the semis yeah. to get to that final. <laughs> it's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. Uh, but one day, I would imagine we have we have Bianca winning the U.S. Open. Yeah. Obviously, Brooke and Mike Weir uh, winning majors on the golf side of mm-hmm. things. Like one of the best soccer players on the planet's Canadian. Yeah, Alfonso Davies. Like Canada. Like again. For a country of 33 million Our plus. basketball's growing up too, which yep. is great. Second most NBAers are Canadian. Yep. Like it's, hey, Canada's, they know where it's at yep. when it comes to the sports. All right. Uh, we got a couple minutes to go here. Mm-hmm. Got about five minutes to go here. We've been asking you on the text line, 960-960. The Flames frustrate me like blank frustrates me. The Flames <laughs> frustrate me like blank frustrates me. And this obviously stems from that S sandwich mm-hmm. on Friday night against the Ducks. To that super sexy five one beatdown of the Senators mm-hmm. last night. And you're like, Where where was this on Friday night yep. against the lowly ducks? <laughs> where was this performance? You would have just absolutely skated them out of the rink. Exactly. No, you lose three one to the ducks, and then you beat up on a Senators team who came in on a heater outside of that loss to the Canucks on Saturday night. Our Sportsnet nine sixty to fan text reading robot texty McTexterson as a staple of the show now. Uh oh Texty, do you got some text for us here this morning? Andrew in Calgary Southeast. The flames frustrate me like tax time frustrates me. Okay. I always expect a greater return, and I'm always disappointed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I got to do mine. A lot of people uh, are in the same boat. All right. <laughs> Keep them rolling, Texty. Sean in Capitol Hill. The flames frustrate me more than people that park their sharpening cart in the middle of I the aisle it. and wander off. I also the people yeah. that can't take them back to the cart corral or the store, and they just leave it in the parking lot. Yeah, just randomly you. anywhere. Hate you. Okay. That you I like that. how your eyes got really, like, Why? I could see the passion <laughs> in your eyes. Well, it was yesterday. Dude was like, the cart corral was like right there. And he it's just not hard. Put it right beside the car. It's not hard. Like, and you're also helping them out, too. Yeah. Okay. More from Texty. Brent in High River. The Calgary Flames frustrate me like daylight savings time. Okay, mm. um, we get that a lot. Um, you know you're more likely uh, during these next couple of days to be in a car accident and or suffer a heart attack? Yes, I did know that, actually. Yeah, <laughs> happy daylight saving time. Like yesterday when it was like, because I, I usually go to bed during the week uh, around 10, and I didn't go to bed till almost 11 because it felt like 10, the whole okay. body clock and everything. But again, yeah. I, I am a fan of this. Yeah. Because that means summer and golf season. Well, that's is exactly it. I, I, I'm fine. The sun didn't go down until seven, like a little after seven thirty before eight yesterday. I love that. Yeah, let's go. Warm weather, sunshine, golf season. Seven today, guys. Let's go. Um, keep him rolling, Texty. Mark in Country Hills. The flames frustrate me like my cat when it's on the counter. 
Every goddamn time wake up when I fall asleep on the couch and I can never catch the goddamn thing but he's a good cat otherwise so I just fall back asleep. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, text you with the GD words. Maybe uh, slow down on the GD words there, hey. um, Alex, next time. I don't want to censor the text line. <laughs> What do you mean you don't want to censor the text line? <laughs> Those are the words. That's we can't. We can't. We, that's yeah, one like we that, can't do. That's a harsh one. Oh, GD's really? a hard one. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can I do like ass. Today. We can do crap. Um, yeah, there, there's, there's, a, there's a whole host of words there's we a, can say. There's a, that one's a tough one. Yeah, we can't Maybe do that. Maybe GD next time, okay? Okay. Good to know. All right. How many more you got? I have four more here. Okay. Is Kelly on Deerfoot. Sorry? Okay. No more GDs, right? No more. I promise. <laughs> okay. All right. I learned something today. Okay. Great. Did you, though? Yeah. Did you really? I didn't know that was a no-no word. Okay. So there we go. Well, you didn't learn anything from the quiz, I don't think. <laughs> Clearly. But let's move on. Okay. Kelly on Deerfoot. The flames frustrate me like the giant boulders that fly into my windshield on Deerfoot. Ain't yeah. wrong about that. Yeah. Like, And that's another thing with this time of year. They haven't got out there cleaning the streets yet, so them rocks are... Yep, flying at yeah. your window. But again, hey, the slush, like the whatever, yeah. I'm, I'm in for all of it. Just get to some warmer Skip weather. Let's go. Theory. We flip the clocks. The, it's around the corner. Found out it was the second snowiest winter of all time maybe, yesterday. Maybe, maybe like by the end of next month, the golf course is open. Fingers crossed. Things warm up. Not here. Okay, well, why why you got to rain on my parade I'm when I'm sorry, trying to be this positive? Is, this is going to be your first March and April. Did you know that March and April are also the snowiest months in Calgary? What else we got, Texty? <laughs> Mike Sr. from Winnipeg. The flames frustrate me like Mike Stone not being able to sign a multi-year deal. Signed, Mike's dad. <laughs> if that, in fact, is Mike's dad, that's awesome. And we should have him on the show for a little bit. The Stones, man. Mark yeah. and Mike. Yeah. Again, because Mar Mark's doing well in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully he'll be back for the playoffs. But, uh, yeah. Michael banged up right now. Uh, we wish him a speedy recovery. We do love Mike. Um, what else we got here before we go? Kyle in Forest Lawn. The flames frustrate me like it frustrates me when Francis blocked me on Twitter for correcting his reporting. <laughs> okay. We're going to find out the report. Yeah. Um, I think Francis, that's fine. Part of the block Well, party. he said he he just doesn't care. Like he, He'll block you if he sees anything sort of negative. He'll just, yep. you're out. Okay. Uh, one more. Peter from Bridgeland. The flames frustrate me like finding a cold can of beer in the fridge that you thought you ran out of and it ends up tasting like tin. Looks yeah. good, feels nice, but goes down like Buckley's. Yep, old beer. Been there. Sitting in the bag of your fridge. Um, we didn't get this one from Ian uh, from Airdrie. Uh, the flames frustrate me more than when I match up with my ex on Tinder. <laughs> well, don't swipe then. You, it's a two-way street, guys. Yes. You don't have to, like, maybe Ian's just a, a serial swiper. Yeah, he just doesn't care. Like, he doesn't yes, look. Just yes, boom, boom. Yes, Gotta get yes, something. Yes, Gotta get yes. something. Yeah, again, like, he's a volume shooter. Yeah. Ian's a volume shooter, and you eventually can also, he'll make a bucket. You can also block your exes on Twitter as well yeah. by putting in their phone number. Or Tinder. Yeah, or Tinder, sorry. Yeah, and on Twitter. Twitter, too. You can do both. <laughs> you block Tinder, Twitter. You, you can block Block them. everybody. That's what you should do. Block your exes on all social platforms so you don't see them just and what they're block doing. Block it out. Out of sight, Turn the out page. of mind. Turn the page. Uh, Patrick, this was fun. Thank we're not, you. We're not, you're not doing 9 o'clock. No, I ain't doing that. Okay. Well, uh, what are we doing at eight, uh, 9 o'clock, Alex? We got a big show replay. Woo! 
Okay, no, but what are we doing what in is the in big it? show? Well, replay? we're gonna we're gonna go back to the embarrassment. We're just gonna GVP and I are gonna embarrass we'll ourselves replay once the again. game show. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. And we've got our chat with Matt Marchese, all things Flames, and a look at the Eastern Eastern Conference playoff race as well. So, okay, jam packed. Love it. Um, I think Matt Rose will be back tomorrow. We're not sure. Get we, that flight. We wish him a safe uh, return to the beautiful city of Calgary. That's it for us. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.